And you're listening to the Lounge Talk Podcast with your girl Ann Carter, DJ L Boogie. Wow, Childish Gambino sure did break the internet this weekend with this video. This is America. Um, but before we get into him, uh, L Boogie, how's the back of your head feeling right now? Is it good? So, Boogie got home from work today and then... We have this palm tree in our front yard that this uh, bald red eagle lives in. It's been in there now. It's a red tail uh, eagle. It's been living in, in this palm tree for, what, about two or three weeks? Has it been that long? Maybe two weeks. We first realized something was living up in there when there was a dead squirrel in the walkway when we opened the, the front door. Nephew Tyler. Shout out to Tyler. Tyler just had a birthday uh, this weekend. On the 6th. 14? Dang, Tyler, 14 years old. Happy birthday, nephew. Um, he found the squirrel that this eagle knocked out of the tree. Anyways, this eagle lives up there. And does it have a family up there, Boog? It, it has babies or something. I don't know. I have to ask Damien. He's been studying it. Oh, there's, there's, there's a husband and wife eagles living up in this palm tree anyways when Boog got home from work and went to get something out of the trunk got hit in the back of the head with this fucking eagle hit him in the back of the head trying to swoop back up into the tree this is some bullshit <laughs> we need to get them palm trees shaved I don't know how much that that's gonna help to keep things from living up in there but there's so many droppings in the fucking driveway right now. It's ridiculous. So, anyways. Anyways. And also, before I get into Childish Gambino. You guys, did you guys know that May is Mental Health Awareness Month? Well, it is. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, let's turn you off. Turn you off. Turn you Mental Health Awareness Month, also referred to Mental Health Month, has been observed in May in the United States since 1949. I didn't know that. Reaching millions of people in the United States through the media, local events, and screenings. I didn't know it had been going on for for that long. Um, but anyways, hold on a second. So there's different themes basically every single year and this theme for 2018 is cure stigma hashtag cure stigma and the uh it is the national alliance on mental illness nami n-a-m-i and the rest of the country that are raising awareness of mental health each year we fight stigma, provide support, educate the public, and advocate for policies that support people with mental illness and their families. So uh, each year that there has been a, a, a different theme. Last year was risky business, just basically raising awareness to what kind of behaviors are, are risky that should be a red flag for um, something going on with you. And 2016 was Mental Illness Feels Like, encouraging people to share what they're feeling and what they're going through just to get the conversation started, you know, on, on the way to, to being well, getting well. 
2015 was before stage four. That was the theme addressing mental health before stage four calls attention to the importance addressing mental health symptoms, early identifying potential underlying diseases. And uh, 2014, mind your health. 2013 was pathways to wellness. 2012, healing traumas and visible wounds. 2011, do more for one in four. Basically saying that one in, in every four people is dealing with some type of um, something, mental illness, some, something that they need to talk about and, and you know, and, and get well. 2010 and 2009 were both live your life well and 2008 get connected basically getting connected with someone socially having conversations and finding people that can support your mental health and well-being including family friends and others you know to form an individual social support network basically the community at large and healthcare professionals when needed so I, I mentioned all of those previous years because those things are all still very important to continue talking about. I know um, it's been very recent that the black community has even been talking about mental um, health and mental wellness at all because we've said it several times. It's not something that our community really has been comfortable talking about and you've been made to feel like something's wrong with you or you're crazy or you just need to pray and go to church when no we need to get well so keep the conversation going if you know someone I'm sure you know someone that is battling some kind of mental illness be kind be supportive be understanding seek to learn anything that you can to be of support and if you are someone that is dealing with uh, you know a mental illness seek out the support don't be afraid to talk about it on your journey to getting well. So, May, Mental Health Awareness Month for for us and those that we love. All right. So, back to Daniel 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 Glover. What's his name? Childish Gambino and Donald Glover, right? Why did I almost call him something else? Call him the actor that everybody called him all the time. So his This Is America song uh, debuted. He debuted that song on Saturday Night Live this past Saturday. I, I didn't watch it. I caught a clip online on YouTube. And then that video, once that video dropped, man, everyone was sharing it. So many different celebrities and then friends of mine on social media. And it's one of those videos that you have to watch a couple times because I probably watched it like three times and caught some different things. Um, basically, it is my interpretation of the video was that it was about gun violence and racism, I think, pretty much. Um, and, and also, I think there was a little bit of how we get distracted on social media because his dancing was what I was like more focused on than anything. Him running around with a little no shirt on, dancing with his bare chest. And so he was gigging, though. Marlon Wayans was like, uh, Childish Gambino, I better not hear you. He was on no pole in, in no Atlanta strip club. <laughs> and Charlemagne the God was like, yeah, he was a, I forgot what he said. Something like he... 
like I don't know get it bitch <laughs> the way he was dancing I can't remember what he said but that's what I was thinking because I didn't know he could dance like that for one but then he was really kind of yeah 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 like the homegirls so um, people are calling him a genius for this video and I don't know if I would say quite all of that but you know continue to raise awareness to what's going on but I think um, you know it's it's taken <laughs> The thing about this video is there are so many different interpretations of it and the one that I don't like that is probably being spread around is like oh it's about black on black violence because he's pulling out the gun and he shoots he shoots this man sitting in the chair then he shoots the choir where we know that that's probably you know Dylan Roof what he's referencing when he went into the church and, and shot all the black people. But it's one of those things that I think he did it like that intentionally so that we talk about it like we're doing right now. And like, what did he mean by this? And what did he mean by that? But yeah, Childish Gambino, you you know what to do to get people talking. So go on ahead. People need to start talking about something other than Kanye, myself included. So <laughs> go, go ahead, Childish Gambino, go on ahead and get it. Um, anyways, speaking of gun violence, I found this list that has the top 10 cities of, uh, top, the, the top 10 cities where gun violence could kill you. So number 10 on the list, Jacksonville, Florida, with a population of 880,000 around about. And a murder rate 11.8 per, per 100,000 people. Number nine is Philadelphia, Philly, with a population of a little over 1.5 million. Their murder rate 17.2 per 100,000. Number eight is Denver, according to this list, 693,000. Murder rate 8.3 per 100,000 people. This is crazy. Like, you really, like, try to figure out where you're going to move to, and you pull up lists like this, and like, well, so much for that, hon. <laughs> we better find somewhere else to go. Number seven, Louisville, Kentucky. Population 616,000. Murder rate 17.2 per 100,000. Let's see. Number six, Nashville, Tennessee. Population 660,000, murder rate 12.6 per 100,000. Number five, Columbus, Ohio, population little over, over 860,000, murder rate 9.5 per 100,000. Number four, Chicago, I think this comes as no surprise as we're always hearing about, about Chicago murders. Population, a little over 2.7 million, murder rate 28.8 per 100,000. Wow. Number three, Las Vegas. Population, 633, almost 633,000. Murder rate 10.6 per 100,000. Number two, Charlotte, North Carolina. With a population of 842,000, murder rate 7.5 per 100,000. And then number one on the list is Baltimore with a population of 
just under 615,000 with a murder rate of 51.3 per 100,000. That is crazy. I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. So some cities that you may have expected to be on the list, like New York, Los Angeles, places like that, they're not even not even on the list. Not not even on the list at all. So, yeah. How about the 10 most diverse cities in America? There's lists for everything, I'm telling you. So, let's see. Do, do, do. If you live in one of these places, you live in three of the most diverse cities in America. And that's Jersey City, New Jersey, Houston, and New York. And this ranking is from a new report from Wallet Hub, a personal finance and credit website. So Jersey City is the most diverse city in the country, with New York City at number two and Houston at number three for the most diverse city. The other most uh, diverse cities on the, the top ten list in descending order are Silver Springs, Maryland, Dallas, Texas, what is this, Gatorburg, Maryland, Los Angeles, California, Germantown, Maryland, Long Beach, California, and Arlington, Texas. So the study looked at five key diversity factors for cities to determine rankings, socioeconomic diversity, cultural diversity, and economic diversity, household diversity, and also religious diversity as well, a city's population, number of educated residents, and age of residents were some of the other weighing factors in the rankings. And Wallet Hub also asked several diversity experts to provide insight on the pros and cons in living in a very diverse city. city. And uh, job opportunities was one of the benefits cited by Hillary Green, an associate professor of history in the Department of Gender and Race Studies at the University of Alabama. And secondly, there's an increased quality of life through schools, jobs, green spaces, and cultural events, stated Green. She said there are no cons to living in a diverse city, except if the city structure does not embrace the diversity and uh, its populace and providing services for housing for all. And uh, Sherry L. Parks, Vice President for Strategic Initiatives at the Maryland Institute of Art in Baltimore, said, Historically, racial and ethnic diversity has been tied to economic growth as people moved from uh, monolithic communities to work in industrial places in the city. And Parks also commented, diversity drives innovation. So, yeah, I thought that that was quite interesting. I wanted to share that with you guys. So you just heard the the 10 top cities for gun violence and then the 10 most diverse cities. You know, America. We're talking about America right now. And, uh, you know, we need to not make America great again, but make America well, my friends. And you're listening to the Lounge Talk Podcast with your girl Ann Carter and DJ L Boogie. And you're listening to the Lounge Talk Podcast with your girl Ann Carter and DJ L. Boogie. So Rachel Dolezal uh, has a Netflix special, a Netflix documentary 
about uh, her her life and what's been going on with her. It's called Rachel Divide. So um, she provided a little bit of insight that made me understand a little bit about why she's the way she is and why this whole like transracial thing she got going and how she couldn't just honestly say like I'm a white woman. So um, so take it back to when she was young and her parents who she does not have a relationship with now. They were very, very religious and very, very abusive. And she says that she felt like her her older brother, who was the firstborn, was like an angel in their eyes. But when she was born, that she was the opposite. And then uh, after that, at some point, they decided that they wanted to adopt some children. Her parents adopted four black children whom they abused, like very badly. They it was horrible from some of the things because they had all of her her adopted brothers and sisters were actually on there speaking about uh, what they went through as children. And so not only were they, you know, not exposed to any of their culture or anything, they didn't know anything about where they came from, but they were abused and sheltered. And uh, it was just a, a really the situation was all bad for these children. So. Rachel feeling like she needed to do something to help these adopted brothers and sisters. She started studying the culture and teaching them. And she became so intrigued by it that she started really feeling like she could connect to the black culture more than her own culture, mostly because of how her parents were treating her and her brothers and sisters um, because she was abused too. And how this all even came out, that she was not, in fact, black or, or mixed. Uh, her parents actually came out to the media. And the reason why they did this was because the adopted sister and Rachel herself were getting ready to testify in court that the oldest brother had been uh, molesting them. Or they, they had molested them when they were young. And so the parents were like, well... She's not credible. She's lying about um, who she is and what she comes from and all of these things. And that's how that happened. A news reporter asked her, are you white? And instead of just saying yes, because by this point, this woman, she was the president of the NAACP and she had actually done a lot of good for the black community. And, you know, people had their suspicions from some of the other people that they interviewed. That's what they were saying. Like, something wasn't really right because I didn't know her story. Like, she didn't have a story that she had shared. So they had their suspicions. But at the same time, they felt like this woman is doing a lot of good for the black community. But when her parents came out and they're like, um, we're her parents. This is a picture of her when she was a teenager. You know, straight blonde hair and everything. Like, instead of her just saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm like. But I'm, I connect to black culture and I have these adopted siblings that I wanted to help. And, and yeah, that, that, that's what it is. She should have just said that. But instead, well, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure it's much deeper than what I'm saying, because I think that something like mentally actually is going on with Rachel because, you know, she does consider herself black on the inside. But I what I took from what I saw of the. The, the Netflix, you know, documentary, I fell asleep on the end of it, so I still didn't catch all of it. But from what I did see, what I gathered is that she was trying to get so far away from what she came from because her 
her parents and her biological brother were just horrible people. She didn't want to associate herself at all. Even her, she has, um, she has three sons. The oldest was actually her adopted brother that she adopted after, you know, to, to get, to get him away from, from her parents. And then she has two other sons that are mixed race, uh, two, two black fathers, two different fathers. And, um, it just it just got so weird and that's why everybody was like what are you you can't just choose a race like I right now cannot just choose to be Asian white or Hispanic you can't you can't choose you you come from what you come from but if she would have been able to just say you know what I am white but because I had some homegirls that when I was younger white women they grew up around nothing but black people black culture they like black men they have mixed children if you talk to them on the phone you will swear you're talking to a black woman but they didn't act like that they're not gonna tell you that yeah i'm black but they'll tell you yeah i I like black culture i like black men all she had to do was just be honest about that that's why i'm saying there's something else going on with her in her head because i think that she just recently came out and said like yes my parents are my biological parents are white for the longest she didn't even want to say that and she still to this day will say black on her baby's birth certificate she marked black and white that she was black and white and that's you know rachel thank you for everything that you have done for the black community and you know everything in the naacp and taking care of of those poor adopted siblings of yours I wish that you would have been able to say like, hey, this is what it is. Like if you would have come out from jump and said, my family is despicable and I had to get my adopted brothers and sisters away from that shit. I had to get myself away from that shit. And in teaching them about their culture, I learned how much I loved it, too. If she would have been able to do that instead of just putting on bronzer and a curly frizzy wig and kind of pretending like she was black or mixed or something, black community would have accepted her right away. I'm telling you. And all of this wouldn't have gone on, but she didn't go about it that way. She still seems like she's struggling with with that. And a lot of that documentary was just talking about how she's having a hard time finding employment because everyone knows about her. And they're just like, oh, we can't trust you. No, mm-mm, we ain't dealing with you. And too much drama comes with you. And there are a lot of people that are really mean to her because of how dishonest she has been and they're just like something wrong with you no we ain't dealing with you so anyways rachel good luck to you and your future and and your kids most importantly that middle son of hers he was so sweet and um just wants to see people not treat his mom like that he wishes that he could have a normal life and have friends but he feels like all of this follows him around too but he's a, a wise young man so that was cool to see that and see how much he's supporting his mom and his brothers and stuff so check that out on netflix it's called rachel rachel divide rachel divide on netflix yay yay so me and boogie before we started recording this podcast decided that we were going to throw something on the grill we made some turkey sliders and some links, got some salad in there and some fries. And I was trying to nibble something real fast before I came and hocked on the mic. And why did my ass grab this hot ass fry? I mean, like, really, like, 
hot out of the oil fry. And I didn't mean to grab that one because I thought I was grabbing the previous batch that I had pulled out of the pan. And why did I really like burn my lip with the hot ass oil? Who does that? Who grabs a fry damn near straight out of the oil and pops it in their mouth? Ann Carter. Ann Carter does. Ann Carter burns the fuck out of her mouth for no reason. Trying to pop something in her mouth before she come out here and record this podcast. It don't make no sense. I do stuff like that though because I move too fast. I need to chill out. So I was putting the ice cube on my lip so now i got like burnt up um lip boogie has um uh, eagle pecking at the back of his head we got we got a toe up over here <laughs> eagles pecking and oil burning lips over here <laughs> ridiculous so anyway you know, I haven't been on like our positive quotes and everything that Boog really like. I enjoy it too, but Boog really like actually encouraged me to start putting those kinds of things out there. And uh, what I found is Eric Badu quotes, some of them or most of them are probably, you know, song lyrics. Some of them might be other things that she's written, might be tweets, too, because she's very active on Twitter and Instagram, social media. You'll see her all the time. She was one of the first people I saw sharing that Childish Gambino um, video. She said he looked like one of the Isleys because (laughs) his hair looked. (laughs) I was cracking up. So Erica Badu, what kind of Erica Badu songs we got? um, We got in the crates. Oh, what a day, what a day. Ann Carter is burning lips and El Boogie has got eagles pecking on his head. <laughs> oh my goodness. And my my glass is empty. I was drinking Chardonnay. So I went to this new food for less that's over here by our house. Um there was a Rayleigh's that was there forever that closed down. And I was like, oh, I guess nothing's going back up in that lot. And then they put a food for less there. So I'm glad that there's a store there after, you know, all this time. And I ran up there and, you know, I, I usually I'm not I don't really like grocery shopping like that, especially when it's a crowded store. And it's the beginning of the month. People just got paid. But I went in there probably around 6 o'clock, and it was pretty packed in there. And it's one of them kind of stores where they have all the alcohol locked up, even the wine. And I was like, oh, great. Now I got to ask the checker to get the key to get my wine to come back. I'm holding up the line. And then, but he was actually pretty fast. I had to look over there from the register, and I was just like, uh, okay, yeah, just grab me that, that Chardonnay. Yeah, that's fine. So, he got it because I was like all out of wine, so I needed something. I needed something tonight, but yeah, I ran up there, got that, got booked some beer, the stuff for our dinner and everything, and whipped that up real quick. Whipped it up real quick. So, anyways, these Erica Badu quotes they've got here. The first one is. Peace and blessings manifest with every lesson learned. I know that when peace and blessings manifest with every lesson learned. 
And if your knowledge were your wealth, then it would be well earned. Number two, Erica Badu says, be you. Make sure you're saying something when you're saying something. It's important to sound like you, to feel like you, to be you, to be like you, be you. Another one she's got here. I'm only in competition with my last self. Ah, hear that, Erica. Also, she's got the light always shows on the outside if you're striving to be good on the inside. Next, she has following your heart also means eliminating the things that no longer evolve you. Man, I feel that because, shoot, sometimes we're afraid to, you know, get rid of some things that are just keeping us stagnant. But man, do we need to eliminate the things that no longer evolve you. Another one she's got here. They play it safe, are quick to assassinate what they do not understand. They move in packs, ingesting more and more fear with every act of hate on one another. They feel most comfortable in groups, less guilt to swallow. They are us. This is what we have become. Afraid to respect the individual, a single person within a circumstance can move one to change, to love herself, to evolve. Another one here. I live in a queendom ruled by a womb everse. I'm a recovering undercover over lover. <laughs> I'm a recovering undercover over lover. I can't remember exactly how that song goes, but I remember that line. I think people who vibrate at the same frequency vibrate toward each other. They call it in science sympathetic vibrations. And she's got here, I create my own calm and I keep my balance because I know that it's not really me by myself. The creator always gives me the energy. I strongly believe that the more positive my vibration is, the clearer my message will be. I keep my negative thoughts from infiltrating my pathway and my dreams. Other people's thoughts are none of my business, right? If you invite negativity in, you have to feed it and hang out with it. Best not to invite it in. Hmm, she's got a lot here. She's got a lot. So, I'll give you a few more. I was born to make mistakes. I ain't scared to take the weight. <laughs> so the most natural thing to me is to stay as pure to or real to or close to who I am as possible. I'll give you one more. I'll give you one more. I think a lot of people have lost respect for the individual. You know, the individual, the person who doesn't conform. And those are some Erica Badu quotes. Miss Erica, I love Erica Badu. I remember when I saw her in concert years ago. Where was that we saw her, Boog? Downtown at at Memorial Auditorium. Is that where it was? I had just met, but we didn't even go together, but we ran into each other. He got in free. I was like, well, how you get in here? Um, <laughs> me and Sis went there, and I remember that night I... <laughs> This night was was stupid. I was trying to do my eyebrows and I didn't know how to do my eyebrows. And like I fucked them up like royally. 
Like I, so basically I wasn't tweezing them. I was trying to, I had to take a razor and I thought I could trim a little bit. Don't judge me. I don't know what the fuck. So anyways, I ended up shaving part of my eyebrow off. And so I shaved it all off and then I had to shave off the other one. And I didn't know like how to draw them on or anything. So I go driving over sis Lena's house all crying and shit. And I was like, I fucked up my eyebrows. And I was going to try to wear my hair like over it and stuff. Now I got on this like cute ass dress that was actually a little bit too fancy to be wearing to this concert. And I think I had my hair in braids or something and rolled up to Alina's house and she drew my eyebrows on and it took like a month for them things to grow back and I was like never again I will keep bushy eyebrows forever if I'm not going to get these damn things waxed I don't know what I was thinking like I really don't and she was just like oh yeah I haven't done that shit before come here I'll help you and I was like you shaved your eyebrows off before <laughs> I don't remember you doing that shit <laughs> I know you laughing right now, Lena, because you remember this shit. And I got a damn ticket, too, when I rolled up to her house for being parked on the wrong side of the street. And I was like, man, everything is trying to keep me from going to see Erica Badu. But nothing got in the way of me going to see her. I still went. That was the first time that I heard a lot of Erica Badu songs like, you better go Tyrone. And I was just like, man, she's dope. So erica badu yay yay and you're listening to the lounge talk and podcast with your girl and carter and dj l boogie dj l boogie dirty computer walking by if you look closer you'll recognize i'm not that special and you're listening to the Lounge Talk Podcast with your girl Ann Carter, DJ L Boogie. Janelle Monet has a new album that just came out about a week and a half ago. It's called Dirty Computer. I've heard a couple singles off of this album. I heard Django Jane and Make Me Feel. Yeah, I really like Janelle Monet, so I'm going to have to check out that album. I was reading a little bit about her today from Rolling Stone. It says she rose to fame as an endlessly inventive pop android. Now she's finally revealing the real person inside. So Janelle Monet is crying in her spacesuit. It's early April in Atlanta, and she's in one of the basement studios of her Wonderland Records headquarters, surrounded by computer monitors and TV screens. One of them running a screensaver that displays images of her heroes, Prince, Martin Luther King, Pam Greer, Tina Turner, Lapita Luongo, and David Bowie. And she's about to reveal for the first time something the world had long guessed, something her closest friends and family already know, something she's long been loath to say in public. As she sings on a sings a song from her new album Dirty Computer Let the Rumors Be True Janelle Monet is not she finally admits the immaculate android the alien from outer space the cyber girl without a face she's claimed to be over a decade's worth of albums, videos, concerts and even interviews she is instead a flawed messy flesh and blood 32 year old human being and she has another rumor to confirm. 
being a queer black woman in America, she says, taking a breath as she comes out. Someone who has been in relationships with both men and women, I consider myself to be a free-ass motherfucker, is what she says. She initially identified as bisexual, and she clarifies, but then later I read about pansexuality and was like, oh, these are things that I identify with too. I'm open to learning more about who I am. So that's just a bit from the Rolling Stone interview. And this is a really long article here on her. So I just wanted to share that tidbit with you and let you know about Dirty Computer because I'm going to go check that out. But Janelle Monet is dope. I've, I've always liked her. Always liked her. So Dirty Computer. Check that out by Janelle Monet. <clears throat> One other thing that I was going to share is uh, some some fashion stuff, some style for the season for my ladies. And the reason why I even, you know, was reading about this is because it is time to go get some clothes for the warm weather. I don't do like I used to back in the day where, you know, we were always out and about going to do something pretty much every weekend. So any any Friday gave me an excuse to go run and buy a summer dress or even maybe like a new shirt that I could, you know, put with some jeans I already had and get some cute shoes. We don't go out anywhere near as often as we used to before. So those times are few and far between. And I don't really just be going shopping like that anymore. But as I was going through my closet and my dresser today, I was like, dang, I need to because I need to update some stuff. I need to get rid of some things and take them to Goodwill and just get some, some cute outfits for the summer. Shoot. Even if it means going to like a a thrift store or if you are crafty yourself and can can do some things I know I see quite a few women online that are are designers and they got some dope stuff just like really really creative and and fresh looks you know I love it so I was actually reading excuse me it is a Macy's Her name is Cassandra Jones. She's head of Macy's fashion office. And this is called the the style it list for the season. And it's just sharing a few things, some style trends coming up for the ladies. And and, and fellas, appreciate this too, because you know you want your girl looking cute and fresh when y'all go out to the picnics and barbecues and the day parties and the night parties and all these different things. You know you want her looking cute. So, uh, first trend on the style it list is the asymmetrical detail. Asymmetrical stuff is not new, but it's just going to another level with these dresses and shirts, and they have they're highly detailed as well with the with the asymmetrical. Kalia loves asymmetrical stuff, so she's gonna be happy about that. Um, another thing is the the statement shirt, just some big, bold, long, like crazy cut shirts with all kinds of patterns that are in your face. That is some hot stuff for the season. Uh, another thing on the style it lists the volume sleeve, like big puffy sleeves, some off the shoulder things, but the the sleeves are are going to be like in your face and at you with some some different cuts at the end too and just like some some cool looks also 
on the style it list is the pink bag different shades of pink it's sweet and feminine and all different pinks from blush to rose to hot pink those are some uh, go-to's when you want to make a statement and also the pink shoe to go with it in all different styles heels flats and all these different different shades of pink as well another thing on there the statement earring some big long dangly colorful bold detailed all kinds of stuff to i mean you can probably have on a simple outfit but the earrings are gonna holler at you and be like whoa and just kind of tie everything together um, my daughter cassandra had some some cute earrings like that the other day Shout out to Cassandra. Hey, girl. She had on these long, dangly pink earrings that were floaty and feathery that you could see from like a mile away. So that's an example of what's going to be in. And uh, one more thing is the statement jean. So when it comes to denim, there is no such thing as too much. Denim continues to play a focal role in spring fashion. And they say that we love the newest takes with embroidery, patchwork, and distressed step hems. So, yeah. Those just a few style things. <laughs> Boogie's sitting here, like, listening to me talk about all this, like, girl fashion. Fashion jeans. Yeah. You Denim. Like it? Miller's Outpost. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Why did we both work at Miller's Outpost, but yeah. at two different times? Yeah, we did. Way back in the day. <laughs> Franklin and Florence. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was pretty much it on the list here. We talked about Childish Gambino. We talked about gun violence, diverse cities. Uh, can't forget that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Mental health. Um, we had some great quotes That's from Eric Badu. Yeah. And to start Possibly. the week off, right? Absolutely. Great. So, yeah. It's great. I think we're about to get on out of here. We're about to put together some plates of, of food, the, the turkey burger sliders and fries and salad. Yeah. And a couple of hot link pops. Hot link pops. Mm -hmm. You're going to put yours on a stick, Bug? Uh, no. It's just a way of saying I'm cutting up the hot links <laughs> so pop in my mouth <laughs> that's <laughs> silly yeah. no oh my goodness so thank you once again for listening to the lounge talk podcast episode number 25 25 oh, oh, 25 and you can follow us mm -hmm. at the lounge radio on instagram you can follow me mrs ann carter at Mrs. Ann Carter on both Instagram and Twitter and shoot us an email to the Gmail Lounge Talk Radio Show at gmail.com. Yeah, it's real cool. So just shoot it. <laughs> shoot it. Yeah, just um hey, my name is Paper Breath. I don't it Paper doesn't matter. Breath? Yeah, just something I just made so up. Goofy. Just made up, you know. <laughs> 
Thank you guys for listening. We truly appreciate you. Tell a friend to tune in to the Lounge Talk podcast. Tell your dogs and cats and eagles and everything And eagles, yeah. Yeah. That's what's going on, that eagle that hit him (laughs) back in the head. Yeah, that was was nature. Oh, my God. That was was ridiculous. Nobody's going to understand that, but it's cool. (laughs) I I think I I shocked that (laughs) eagle. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my name is Ann Carter, and his name is... L Boogie. All in your face. On the Lounge Talk Podcast. Tell a friend, and we out. Tell a friend. Bye. Yeah. Strategically. What we gonna do? (laughs) (laughs) We gonna work. We gonna play. We gonna lead the way. We gonna say everything that we need to say. Then get ghost in the breeze to blow the leaves away. I'm seized today. It's like the dawn I see the way. That ain't for me to say, right? It ain't got to be this way. We gonna take charge, make God's out of me. We gonna raise bars, show y'all how to win. Hit the rally, hit the riot, get the party started. Respect the words, you herbs. It's the quality artists who solemnly promise. My knowledge will demolish your college. Admonish your scholars. You acknowledge the dollars and want me to pay Ola. Man, I don't even know that, bro. Tune in to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Type in the search, Lounge Talk. Yeah, yeah. Thing is Lounge Talk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lounge Talk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.